Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. You're listening to Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. I am not the DF sniper. I'm Mike Alexander filling in for Sean tonight. He's feeling a little under the weather. Either that or he didn't want to have to pronounce half a dozen Eastern European names. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about UFC St. Petersburg. It's a fight night card. Um, with us, Chris and Joe, Sun Tzu. What's going on, Joe? And we are down to 11 fights. We are. We are. Yeah, uh, quick note. Yeah, quick note. Go ahead. Do the update. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ivan Sturkov is hospitalized. His fight with Devin Clark is canceled. If you've got either of those guys in your lineups, get them out. Uh, and good time to remind you, lock is at 10 a.m. or maybe a little bit thereafter with this cancellation, but uh, don't play it too too close. Um, make sure you check those first thing in the morning for any other weird middle-of-the-night kind of things. Uh, and then uh, Chris Olson, what's going on, Chris? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I, uh, You know, these are the kind of cards that are really interesting to me because for the one side of the coin is that it's kind of a pain to look up, you know, all the fighters, but... The other side of that is that if you're good and diligent at research, you know, you can get an edge that other other players might not have. So I kind of like them from that aspect. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to get it done. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely uh, some names. You know, got a lot of debuts, uh, guys coming off a of long layoffs that, that haven't fought in the UFC in a little while. Um, but, yeah, pretty interesting card. A quick thank you to our sponsor, Rotowire. If you want to get a free 10-day trial, you can go to rotowire.com free. 
all the premium content. You get uh, don't have to put down a credit card. Um, and then also, quick note, if you're listening to the podcast, this is a replay of the live recording uh, from YouTube on Friday night. Um, without further ado, let's uh, let's start talking uh, uh, MMA. How did you guys make out last week with with uh, an all-time great card with, with those two title fights, both going five rounds? Uh, I personally felt very fortunate to grind out a small little profit, and that was predominantly uh, due to cash. And I actually took down sm two small single entry GPPs, you know, so that, and that's with having two losses, which is surprising because I had, um, well, actually I stacked the main. Um, I don't know if that's actually a loss considering how many points those guys scored. Um, but I, I stacked the main, um, and I had Gastelum. Uh, so I had two losses and I still took down two, two GPPs and, uh, did okay in cash actually. So I, I eked out a small profit, Chris. Yeah, uh, not my best night, if I'm being honest. I was, we were talking to Mike before uh, we, we went on. Uh, far too much Jalen Turner, if you remember um, the podcast last week. That was a point of contention between me and Sean, uh, either Jalen Turner or Matt Frivola. And um, I would never say it to his face and give him the satisfaction. But since he's not here, I can say it looks like Sean was right. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to move on and get a fresh start this week. Yeah, he, he definitely got that one. My, myself, I uh, I was on the right side of the main event and and the other title fight, but like you, uh, too much Turner. I, I did have one lineup with Roundtree and one lineup with Taha bail me out though, so that was very nice. Nice. All right, getting uh getting into this card, uh, first fight of the night, we've got uh, Magomed Mustafaev taking on Rafael Fizayev. Mustafaev eighty five hundred. Uh, coming in at plus 115 at the moment. That line's been moving a lot. Fizayev is 7,700, minus 125 at the moment. Uh, this line flipped to Fizayev midweek. Uh, so what, what do you make of that, Joe? Yeah, I mean, you, you always wonder when you see uh, Russian fighters um, and you see a line flip. It, it almost makes you think that somebody might know something when you see money come in to flip a line. And that's one thing just generally on this card is people should pay attention right up until lineup lock, massive line moves. Because, you know, like I don't want to make too big a deal out of it. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist that says, oh, because it's in Russia, that means fights are going to be fixed. But, you know, information maybe doesn't flow as freely as it might in the West. So I would certainly, <laughs> I would certainly uh, pay attention to big line moves. And if you see money coming in very heavy, like, uh, case in point is the last Russia card, a ton of late money came in on Alexia Olenek against Mark Hunt, and no one could figure out why. Well, obviously somebody knew something, you know, either Hunt was not feeling well or, you know, or something was going on, but, um, obviously that late money, um, that came in on Olenek was right. So, um, pay attention, especially on this card to any late money causing line moves. Agreed there. Uh, Chris, what's your take on this one? Uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, this this prospect uh, coming in is somebody I really like. Um, I think he's, he's got really good light kicks. You know who he reminds me of? He sort of reminds me of uh, a Marcin Prachnio, who's who's very who's a lot better at defense. So I like him in that respect. He's got real good light kicks, as I said. He's very explosive. Uh, he likes to dart in and out with, with strikes out of the pocket. He'll throw in combination a little bit, but usually limited to two or three punches. But, um, yeah, just, just an explosive guy who, who I think is defensively responsible, and I love that combination. Um, obviously, he's got some power. 
Mustafa has been a couple years since we've seen him, um, since that loss to Kevin Lee. And, um, you know, what we learned in that fight is he's he is really um, susceptible to wrestlers. Um, his opponent this time isn't much of a wrestler, although he's pretty good on the ground. He's got uh, good top control. He, he floats on his opponent pretty well. I think I think that what's most interesting to me in this fight is both of these guys are going to try to overwhelm the other one. So it's going to be really interesting to see who gets that forward pressure off first. What I think is going to happen is um, I, I think that um, Mustafaev isn't quite as technical with his strikes or strike selection as his opponent is. And I think that's going to really be the difference here. I think he's going to get broken down. And I think this is going to be a stoppage one way or the other. I'm going to I'm gonna go out and, and probably say submission. I think it gets to the ground in some way and a sub happened. So I'm going to be looking heavily at this fight, and I'm going for the debutante. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there too, Chris. I mean, uh, it makes you wonder, like, he loses to Kevin Lee and then takes two and a half years off. Like, how, you know, how does one support themselves when, you know, if they're a fighter and they don't fight for two and a half years? So right. that tells me if you could afford to take two and a half years off, you probably have an alternative career. And now you're coming back because they're looking for bodies for a, a fight here in, in, in Russia. Now, it does say Jackson Wink, but I don't think he did his camp at Jackson Wink uh, for this fight, where uh, uh, the other guy who I'm going with, the, 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 the debutant, is Tiger Muay Thai, um, which is an acclaimed camp in, in, in Phuket, Thailand. Um, I know it well. I've been there many times. Uh, not Tiger Muay Thai, but Phuket. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the debutant. I'm going to take, take advantage of the line flip. And obviously this is one of the fights where there's really good line value on DraftKings. I expect, I expect him to be very highly owned at what? 7.7 K. I expect him to be very highly owned. Yeah. That's my only concern here is, you know, the odds value. He's one of the few, he's a nice fit in, in any lineup. So he's yep. going to be popular and, uh, you know, be, being a, a Muay Thai practitioner, he's going to want to get off with volume against Mustafaev, who's got some some kicks that can thump. So there, there's a little bit of concern there for for going overweight on Oh, no, I'm with you. And and if I was going to make a – I think this guy – more more than Martin Prakniow, this guy reminds me more of like a, Tas, uh, a Tasmanov, you know, who's currently serving a USADA suspension, which is why we don't see him on this card. Um, you know, he's, he's very aggressive. Um, I think his last two finishes have come from a body kick and a head kick which is kind of fun to see. So, um, yeah, I'm on the dog, and uh, let's, you know, that's there's the line value. He's going to be very highly owned, though. So. Yeah, I'm there with you guys. So. Yeah, 3-0. and uh, Moving on to the next fight, you've got Mikhail Olesheychik, 8,800, taking on Gadsmarad Antigulov, 7,400. The line for Olesheychik, minus 215. Antigulov, the comeback, plus 195. Pretty clear narrative in this one. You've got uh, grappler versus striker. If if uh, if Mikhail can uh, keep Antigulov at bay long enough to, to get his striking off, it's going to be a pretty easy win for him. Uh, but we haven't seen him have to defend a takedown yet. So, um, Chris, what do you what do you think about uh, Mikhail there? Can he defend a takedown? Yeah, no, and that's a good point. I I think, and this is just sort of. Uh, from some deductive reasoning on my part, I think that he will be able to just because I, I think his um, in and out movement and the way he keeps distance will be enough. Um, I think Antigulov is he's an interesting, he's always, he'll always be an interesting play 
from a DraftKings perspective, um, just based on how he fights, and especially when he's the dog, because he just likes to come in behind these wild strikes and tries to get takedowns, but when he can't get them, he gasses out, and that's pretty much the end of the fight. We saw that in uh, the Kutalaba fight, where everybody expected him to get takedowns, and he couldn't. Um, I actually like Ole Jacek quite a bit, as far as his fighting style. I love his body work, um, which is actually how yeah, he's... Taking out Gian Vellante with a uh, a body shot, man, that was savage. You didn't even see it; you just heard it. That was, yep. that was nasty yep. stuff. And well, and and Vellante felt it, yeah. And um, I, and I, I love, as I said, his in and out movement. I love his it, the variety in his striking. Um, you know, as you said, the great unknown. We've never seen him defend a takedown, and uh, for that reason, I think I think maybe his ownership will be a little off here with him being the favorite. Um, but I quite like him. I think that um, if he can't get a finish and he gets tired, Olajacek uh, will be there to get him. I think he'll be able to stop takedowns in any case. But I will say again that, you know, Antigulov is worth the DraftKings play just because, you know, look, takedowns are money. And um, when he, if he gets you there, I mean, a, a sub is, is, is pretty likely. So I'm on the favorite here. I think it, I think it's high scoring one way or the other. So, um, Pick your favorite flavor, you know, whether it's it's grappler or a striker. And um, I think um, be heavily invested in this fight one way or the other. Yeah, great great fight to target. Joe, what, what kind of mix are you going to have with, with your uh, your heavy builds? Yeah, so Anthony Gulov has got one round of cardio, right? He's a pure GPP play. So he's worth a shot in multi-entry. I mean, um, 20 lineups, I mean, I would certainly have no more than one or two. I'm um, in 20 lineups and a Gulov. Um, you know, if you're going to max the one, if you're going to max the dollar for 150, or if you have bankroll to max the 15 for 150, um, I would certainly say no more than, you know, three to 5% anti Gulov. Um, I'm with Chris. I do like uh, the poll quite a bit here. Um, I do think he will fend off the takedowns. Um, uh, you know, he's 24 years old. Um, you know, he could have a future at 205. Um, that was very impressive the way he finished uh, Volante. He was a bit of a meathead, but that's okay. Um, you know, so I, I am, again, this is kind of boring. Uh, again, we're both, uh, Chris and I are both on the, on the favorite. Well, we can, have, we can have a little bit of nuanced disagreement here because I do, I think you should go a little bit heavier on Antigulov than, than, than you think, just because I, I, I think that, um, I think that if he does get his takedown game going, it's his fight. And I think, uh, to Mike's point, um, you know, we haven't seen him have to defend. So can he deal with with that relentless kind of wrestling? We're going to have to see. And I think that you know, it's worth a, it's worth a couple more shots to. I mean, five percent is pretty low. Uh, I think I think it's worth a little more than that to find out. And, and you have to remember, you know, people thought Justin Willis was going to have takedown defense because he's a good athlete and he trains at a good camp, and That's we true. saw how that turned out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I, I think Ola just probably got too much power and is too good of a striker. Moving on to the next fight, I uh, got Marcin Sabura, 8,400, taking on Shamil Abdurakimov, 7,800. Uh, Tybura, minus 140. The comeback on Abdurakimov is plus 130. Uh, this one, not that exciting of a fight. Uh, <laughs> two big guys that don't really get to work. Um, they're both going to kind of look at each other for, for half a round. Uh, I think Tabor is still the better fighter. Where, where do you land on this, Joe? 
Yeah, so uh, the best description of this fight was, I don't know if you guys listened to the um, the Bloody Elbow Level Change podcast. Um, uh, you know, Crooklyn, Steffi Haynes, and and Mookie Alexander, and and I, I believe it's, is it Victor Rodriguez? Anyway, <laughs> the way they describe this fight is two big, overly hairy, sweaty guys rubbing up against each other for three rounds. Um, and that could possibly happen. I mean, you know, I... I I think Tabora is is you know slightly the better fighter. I mean, obviously my man Shamil um you know proved again that Chase Sherman has no shin. Um and he he just laid him flat, although I expected him to win by takedowns. He actually he actually lit him up standing. Um I think that fight might have been in China. Anyway, you know, so I, you know, I'm not going to be targeting this fight too heavily, but since we're picking when we're we're picking all these fights, I'm going to go with Tybora just because I think he's got more tools, but it's not an overly confident pick. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to go with Tybora here. Um, unfortunately, I think I like three Polish fighters on this card. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Tybora. Yeah, I, I like that. To just build a nice lineup of all poles. Um, yeah, do a Polish lineup. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Shamil, you know, he is he is that kind of like sneaky fast. For you know, he doesn't look like a guy that's a great athlete, but he is. Uh, he is pretty quick, uh, and, and he's fairly accurate. Um, and it seems like more people are on him. Uh, are you getting that feeling too, Chris, that, that people are leaning Shamil's way? Uh, I don't know, because every time I try to look up this fight, I fall asleep. So I um, – <laughs> look. no, I, I pretty much echo what you guys said. I, when I, I was looking at this fight, and I was, I was like, okay, but what do I do with it on DraftKings? I, I, think, I think I'm fading it altogether. I, I, I mean, we're gonna, I'm going to run down anyway, of course. Shamil is – just sort of a guy who likes to throw big bombs and try to get his takedown game working. Um, even when he does get that takedown game working, he doesn't do much with it. I mean, as we saw in the Derek Lewis fight, um, in other fights as well. So even when he gets like three or four takedowns, I, he's it's he's not even um, you know he's not even a person who's going to score well. Pretty much no matter what price he is, unless he's down in the in the dumps, which he, he usually isn't. He's usually firm around that eight thousand mark. And, um, you know, as far as Tybora goes, uh, he's he's sort of deceptively fast, too. I think you could say that about both guys mm -hmm. uh, that are, are pretty athletic here. I'm going to go with Tybora as well just because I think he's the better striker. Um, he's actually got a kicking game, which um, Abdurakhimov doesn't. And, um, you know, he can hit his offensive takedowns, too. It's not, it's not like Abdurakhimov can't be taken down. So, um you know, I think, and all, and also, I, I think he's, I think he's the more dedicated. Um, I think he's the more de dedicated submission fighter. You know, against Derek Lewis, he was constantly looking for the back. He was transitioning. I mean, he didn't get much done, but he was looking for it. Um, and I'd rather have an, I'd rather have an aggressive fighter than a not aggressive fighter, and that's pretty much Abdul Rakhimov. So, um, with all that being said, I'm taking Tybura. I do think this basically ends in a staring match. Um, so I'm not going to have much. But the little I do have is going to be on Tibera. It, it does worry me back in Tibera, you know, being that that he's in Russia fighting a Russian, but like Joe mentioned. So uh, if this goes to a decision, which we think is a possibility, that there could be uh, some some lean in one direction. Yeah. But, all right. The next fight I think we may get some disagreement on. We've got Alex Da Silva, young guy, taking on uh, Alexander Yakolev, De Silva, 7,900, plus 125, Yakolev, 8,300, minus 135. Uh, 
the first thing you hear about both of these guys, De Silva, that his record is padded as a Brazilian, and Yakolev, that he is a decent rapper, uh, <laughs> but not so great of a fighter lately. Um, Joe, what are you doing with this one? Yeah, I, I'm going with the I'm going with De Silva here. I mean, Yakolev, another guy that uh, I love his nickname, the Thunder of the North. Um, another guy that is coming off of a long layoff after a couple of losses, one of which was to uh, Kamara Usman. Um, get it? Um, don't know. I, I think he's on this card because it's a Russia card. Um, De Silva, look, I, I like his camp, Astrofight team, 20 and 1. Um, you know, I don't know that it's that bad of a padded record. Like the last guy he beat was five and one. Um, you know, prior to that, um, you know, uh, Fernando Coleman was seven and four. So we're not seeing like zero, zero and one. We're not seeing yeah, he those types. Yeah, it up lately. Yeah, it's not like awful. Um, oh, 19 and nine, Daniel Swain. Um, who's and, and kind of going abroad to fight people too. So yeah, so a bit of a name there. I'm, I'm, look, there, I, 7.9K on DraftKings. Um, I just don't know what to make of Yakolev. Um, I'm not going to have a lot of him, Yakolev, uh, but I, I do like the uh, Silva, and I think he offers some line value. So I am on Leko at 7.9K. Yeah, and you know, uh, people think Yakolev is going to out wrestle the Silva. Uh, watching Yakolev's last fight against Cummings, you know, he just didn't look like he was interested in fighting, and no. kind of ran around him. He's a very upright fighter. Uh, that doesn't make a good mix for a guy who could have some fairly lethal striking into Silva. Uh, are you falling uh, in row for the the third fight in a row here, Chris? Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, I, I have to I have to go ahead and make this boring again. I um, <laughs> I, I've I've heard that take too that Yakolev is going to out wrestle the Silva, and you know it is a concern. We've seen um, you know the Silva is is a guy who has bad takedown defense and sort of tries to make up for that by being really sort of opportunistic with his submission attempts. And to his credit, he's got a bunch of subs on his record. Um, and I and I like guys that are active off their back. You know, I'd rather you be off, active off your back than, you know, sort of settle into position. I mean, mostly I'd rather you get try to get up. But if you're not going to do that, I'd rather you go for a submission, I guess. Um, I don't. I just don't think that Yakolev is that committed of a wrestler. He's not that committed of a striker, come to think of it. Not that committed of a fighter. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's another one of these guys who basically just, you know, tries to look for his counter shot. Um, he'll lead occasionally, but I, uh, not that much. And, you know, I, I he can't, could he come out here and really stick to a dedicated wrestling game? Sure. And for that reason, um, you know, I think you should have some of, his, some of him. But, I mean, this is a guy who's, uh, you know, it's, it's been a while, but he's, he's got uh, – it's not been a while since he's been subbed uh, totally, but a lot of his subs come early in his career. But – um, they account for four of his eight losses. Three of them are arm bars. Um, arm bar is, is, is something that you go for when you're on your back. So, you know, I, kind of, I kind of like that aspect of it. And I, I just think, you know, in, in the striking, it's another universe. Uh, this is another guy who's got really good, really thunderous leg kicks. Uh, he can throw in combination a little bit. So overall, I like the dog here. Um, the wrestling game of Yakolev does give me a little bit of concern, but overall, I think, um, I have more faith that De Silva is actually going to be an active fighter, and we need guys who are going to put up points. So I'm going De Silva. Yeah, that's that's a good point there, Chris. If Yakolev wins, unless it's a really heavily wrestling based fight, he's not going to probably pay very well. Okay, moving on. We've got uh, Sultan Aliyev, 
8,000 even, taking on Kiata Nakamura, 8,200. Aliyev plus 100 at the moment, and uh, Kataro minus 110. Uh, another one of uh, two guys that's it's tough to make uh, heads and tails of this fight. So, Chris, go ahead and, and try. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I got distracted here. Um, posted in chat was is um, a, a Yakolev uh, a freestyle. So if you guys want to check that out, <laughs> uh, you, you can go for it here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Were we talking about MMA? I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah, your, your take on Kitaro Aliyev. Yeah, uh, sure. So um, uh, unfortunately, this is another fight that's probably going to be a little bit of a snoozer. Um, uh, probably because both of these guys are kind of counter fighters. Uh, to Nakamura's credit, he did come forward a lot more in his last fight. Um, but generally what he tries to do is, is just, um, you know, back himself against the fence and, and use his kicking game. Um, he's got power, of course. Uh, he's got subs on his record. We, we, um, I think the last one we saw though was Kyle Nope that, uh, end of the second round, uh, buzzer beater. So that, that's a long time ago now. And, um, you know, as far as Sultan Oliyev goes, um, it's a, he's another uh, wrestler, grappler who, you know, doesn't wrestle frequently enough and doesn't really go for subs. So it, it's, it's another one of these weird kind of fights. I guess I would go for Nakamura um, just because um, I, I trust him as the better striker. And uh, I think he's, he's, he's um, a little bit more of a finisher. If it goes to the ground, I think he's probably – uh, gonna have the advantage there. Um, but again, this is another fight where, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss and uh, for these two prices, um, so close and, and both in the 8,000 range, this might be another one to skip. But, um, as far as, as the, as the pick goes, I'm going Nakamura. We're, we're running out of fights to roster. What, what do you got, Joe? Wow. So first of all, Sultan Aliyev, give me a little latitude here. Think Luke Rockhold with out having the Western dentistry and couldn't find a body waxer. <laughs> and that's Sultan Aliyev. Um, so I don't know what to do with this fight, man. Um, you know, <sighs> Nakamura, I don't think he's ever scored more than 60 points in a win or so, something, you know, horrendous like that. Sultan Aliyev um, losses to, you know, is coming off of, um, you know, a couple of losses. Granted, they were close. Um, you know, he uh, he lost to Wally Alves. He had a split decision win over Serbian Steel. Lost to Kenny Roberson. Um, has been in the UFC for four, almost four, over four years and has only had th three fights. <laughs> I'm sorry. I find that amusing. Um, four years, three fights. Again, another guy, I'm not sure how he's supporting his family. Um, I am just going to give the slightest of leans to Aliyev for no other reason than he's local and he's fighting at home. Um, these guys are both the same age. Uh, obviously, Nakamura has got more experience, is better on the ground. I should probably pick him to win, but uh, something tells me that, you know, this could be an ugly split decision win for Aliyev where he scores, you know, like, 49 points like Dwight granted last week. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to have a lot of exposure to this fight. Very little as a matter of fact, but I will pick Sultan Aliyev. Yeah. A lot of these guys' phones tend to ring only when the UFC comes to Russia. Right. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with Aliyev as well. Uh, I, I just don't see Nakamura being able to get to Aliyev's back 
easily because you know, he kind of lets people take him down, um, you know, and he's got to work off of his back. And I, I agree, it's probably a, a bit of a lay and pray, but uh, Aliyev at, at home, another decision that, that could lean his way. Next fight on the card, uh, Mosar Evalev. 9,100, and Sangwoo Choi, 7,100. You've got minus 330 on Evelev and Choi at plus 300 on the comeback. Uh, both of these guys have held uh, regional belts recently. They're uh, uh, making their debuts. Well, um, you, you've got Evelev, the, the wrestler, Choi, the striker. Uh, who are you going to back in this one, Joe? Joe, did oh, I lose you? I think we lost Joe. Oh, all right. Then we'll uh, go to Chris. All right. Winning by default is my favorite way to win. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I um, really like uh, Evelev here. I think that, um, you know, I commented on Twitter earlier today. I get exhausted watching this guy fight. Um, he's just a mismatch of takedowns and scrambles, and he doesn't seem to ever get tired. And, um, you know, that could be that could really be DraftKings gold, especially with, um, you know, the rinse and repeat uh, – you know, Matt returns, those all count as five. So, you know, I'm all for it. Um, he's a sub hunter too. I like that about him. Um, the opponent here is, you know, a better striker, but, you know, really clinches up and is way too accepting of the clinch for my liking. Um, if he could keep his distance, I might like it a little better. You know, he's got good kicks. He, he, he um, you know, he, he's, he's got, he's got length, but he doesn't really use it, as I said. Um, and, Generally, in a fight like this, my policy is if one guy is going to give the other guy the exact fight he wants, you should probably pick the guy who's going to get the fight he wants. And here, I think it's it's Evelev who's who's going to you know stay connected pretty much the entire fight and um, pretty much impose his will. And uh, you know, I like him for uh, for a, a big score to pay off that salary here. Yeah, that seems to be the the sentiment uh, with most people. Evelev is is going to get this fight where he wants it. He's going to control it. Uh, I don't I don't think I can disagree there. It it does concern me a little bit that you know both of these guys are debuting and and we're leaning so hard to one of them. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't surprise us if Choi comes out and shows some pretty good striking because he's got some thump. Uh, you know, yeah. and could definitely catch Evelev and. You know, uh, at seventy one hundred, that would that would be on the winning lineup almost certainly. So, is 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 this one of those fights for you where um, you you just you're just gonna go the dog go the dog to fade the field here for a leverage play? You think that's a good spot here? It depends on how many you're building. Uh, you know, I, I think with twenty lineups, probably three or four is a is a smart bet. Uh, no more than that, just just to be different because with this card. You know, like I said, we're down to 11 fights. Uh, we've got a lot of really kind of one-sided narratives. The, the, the crowd is going to be shoehorned in, into some very specific builds. Yeah. Just to go against it uh, makes a lot of sense, even if it, it feels, you know, contrary to what your instinct is. Uh, and this is one of those spots. Uh, you know, you can see a narrative for Choi. Not, not that it's a great one, but uh, it, it may pay off to, to have a few lineups with them. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, and um, you know, uh, I think I think I think you make great points about um, the fact that we lose a fight here, and especially the fact that um, you know, as we said in the beginning, a lot of people aren't aren't really going to know a ton about a lot of the fighters on this card. So I think they're more apt to go with like you know the prevailing narrative than you know if they, if they know a lot of the fighters, maybe they're more comfortable stepping out 
But in a card like this, maybe they'll try to stay home more. So I think you're right. In a card like on a card like this, I think you know playing those dogs, especially when we don't know a whole lot about either of them. I think it, it could really be a slate breaker if it comes in. For sure. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll just soldier on without Joe here. Yeah, I I, um, I thought when he dropped out, he might have uh, he might be on his way back. But uh, you know we'll make do. Let's uh, let's we'll, get it going. We'll keep our fingers crossed. See if we can get him reconnected. Yeah. But uh, coming up to it, I'm really excited about this next fight. You've got Christoph Jotko, 8,600, taking on Alan Abadovsky, 7,600. Jotko, minus 175. And there you go. I'm back. I don't know what happened. Everything froze up. Ah, we got Joe back. Just in time. You can give us your Evolev Choi take before we move on. Evolev. Uh, uh, Brett Apley, uh, our good, my good friend, uh, is – um, he, he is as high on this fighter debuting as, um, any prospects. Um, so, uh, he is, he's big on Evie 11, which is enough for me. I would have liked him anyway, but I am, uh, I'm going to be pretty heavy on him for this fight. Yeah, I'm there with you, but I was saying to Chris, uh, you know, on, on a card that's this, uh, uh you know, there's very specific narratives We're we're kind of getting, uh, gonna have a lot of similar builds. It makes sense to me, at least, to to fit in some Choi, even though. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, I don't think Choi's going to win, but uh, he's a striker who 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 is getting a guy that, that is taking a step up in competition as well. Um, so yep. that's interesting. Yep. All right, but yeah, so uh, we were we were transitioning to Amadovsky Jotko. Uh, quick recap: Jotko eighty six hundred, Amadovsky seventy six hundred. Uh, Joe, since we've got you back, lead us off with, with Jocko Amadovsky. So Amadovsky may be one of the lower level debuting fighters here. Um, you know, fighting out of, uh, yeah, I guess he's, he's got a couple of fights in Bellator um, where he did okay. Um, you know, Jocko was elite, you know, um, you know, prior to his recent skit, he was top 15, 185. Um you know, um, got lit up by by Brad Tavares. Um, lost uh, prior to that. You know, look your, to, to Uriah Hall and a split decision to David Branch. So he kind of fell off the rails. I like that he took some time off. Took a, took a year off. Is back now. Do you think um, that helped his chin, Joe? Because when Tavares tagged him in the third of that fight, he just went right into the fetal position. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he was getting really hurt by Tavares. Um, that that fight, by the way, got Tavares a new contract. Um, I I think taking the year off is. I think sometimes you get these guys that get lit up and they don't take enough time off. Um, you know, so I like that he he took some time off here. Um, you know, I it's interesting. You know, his it's it's not he's not training at a horrible camp. I mean, uh, he actually the camp that he's trained at is owned by Peter Sabota. Um, you know, a uh, UFC fighter uh, with a decent record, 17 and six. Um, you know, I am going to give Jaco another chance here. With that said, I don't know how this fight is going to score. Although uh, with only 11 fights on the card, you can't fade too many fights. So if I had to take a stand on Jotko or Marcin Tybora, I would rather be with Jotko because I think Jotko has got multiple ways to win the fight. Um, and Jotko at least has shown his ability, you know, to put up a few points in the past. So I'm going to go with uh, Jotko here. I'm going to give him another try. 
Chris, there's a narrative out there that Jack is going to wrestle his way to a, a victory. Do, do you see that happening at all? I, I think um, he's certainly capable of it. He's certainly a good enough grappler. We've seen him. We've seen him wrestle before, um, and um, we've seen him look for the back before. And um, look, the opponent here is very susceptible to takedowns. Very susceptible to takedowns, and um, a willing but not really a great scrambler. And um, even when he gets his own takedowns, he's got tr- he has trouble holding position. So I I like I think that's a big point in Jacko's favor. Um, I also think like if you watch his Bellator fights, he basically just likes to throw big shots and. Uh, Hope he connects with you in, in the Bellator in the Bellator fights. You know it worked. Um, and you know if I if I could offer you know because I'm I'm picking all favorites here, which I hate doing. I, I don't know what's become of me. But um, if I could offer a little bit of a hot take to uh, mix things up, I guess I'm not a hundred percent convinced that um, Jacko's chin is bad. I think that um, the Tavares fight, he just sort of got caught with, a, with an awkward strike against the fence. I think you could also make an argument that there was a little bit of a slip involved there. He didn't look out or anything when he covered up um, to, before the final barrage came. And look, Uriah Hall is just a one-punch monster. In, in his next fight, he pretty much did the same thing where he was losing the whole fight and then landed one strike and, and put the guy out cold. So... I, I'm not 100% convinced that Jocko's chin is bad. I, I actually think he's pretty good defensively generally. Um, those those two strikes he got caught with notwithstanding. Um, but I have to say, if I'm wrong about that and Jocko's chin is bad, as I said, the opponent here is going to try to throw big bombs and get him out of there. So if, if you're looking for a dog, and you have to be, um, in, in these spots on this card where they, they might be sparse. Um, this might not be a terrible play, but ultimately what do I think is going to happen? I think Jocko wrestles him down and eventually gets a submission. So personally, I'm going to be pretty heavy on Jocko, but I can see uh, the rationale for the opponent. It is certainly a possibility. For me, this is a, a hill I'm going to take a stand on and and actually play Amadovsky. I, you know, Jocko, watching his last three fights, I, he just, he seems a little bit tentative. He isn't hurting people. You know, I mean, he did hurt Uriah Hall, but that he couldn't finish Uriah Hall was just, he had three plus minutes to to get a finish. He was on top. He was mounted. He had the back. Uh, He had him against the fence and was, was throwing everything he had and he just couldn't get him to go away. Um, You know, so that, that just worries me. And I I think Amadovsky is just going to walk forward here. So if Jocko can't hurt him, uh, it's going to be trouble. Um, so that that's my this is my one spot to uh, take a stand and, and, and go against the crowd. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think it's a terrible one, and and I think you're going to get some scarcity out of it certainly. So if if you're right, I think that um, that it could pay. But I I I think I think the, I see the wrestling um, being a big factor here, and I just can't get that out of my mind. So that's my biggest reason. Gotcha. All right, we've got a, a ladies fight next up on the card. Roxanne Mataferi, 6,900, taking on Antonina Shevchenko, sister of Valentina, 9,300. Uh, Mataferi plus 255, Shevchenko minus 280. Uh, this is an interesting one. Mataferi uh, just tends to walk forward and, and throw and, and sloppily look for takedowns. Um, she can get hit. Shevchenko, a fairly tight striker. Uh, so th- there should be a little bit of volume there for her. Um, what's what's your read on this fight, uh, Joe, since he, you are the expert in the latest <laughs> So, look, first of all, if anybody does not think 
that this is the hotter of the the Shevchenko sisters. <laughs> you need to see an eye doctor, get some eye drops, uh, new glasses, whatever. By far, she is the hotter of the sisters. Um, so getting that out of the way, right? Um, Mata Ferry is probably going to be a very popular punt, especially in cash at mm-hmm. 6.9K. Um, I could certainly see her presenting a problem um, for Shevchenko if the fight goes to the ground. I do not think Antonia is as accomplished on the ground as her sister, who has really shown some some you know some chops on the ground recently. Um, so I think she could make the fight interesting. Now striking, I I you know I would give the the edge to Antonia um, for sure, right? But um, you know again I I don't see her getting the finish. Um, I certainly would not bet her at over three to one. Um, at nine point three k on DraftKings, uh, I absent a finish. I don't know how many points we're going to get because I don't see Antonia taking it down. I don't see her getting any grappling points, advances, reversals. Um, so I don't like her a lot in this spot for DraftKings. Will she probably win? Yes. Um, however, um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to pick her to win, but I will have more shares of of uh, the the uh, that what the Happy Warrior on mm-hmm. uh, on DraftKings than I will of of Shashanko. Yeah, Roxy Bonaferi does not look like a fighter, but man, she uh, she gets after it. So yeah. uh, that that's that's one thing in her. Well, in I mean, her... what she only got finished, I think, twice in her career, and once was a a body slam by Sarah Kaufman, mm-hmm. which like like anyone would have gotten finished to that. So. I could see her gritting it out. And look, would it be uncharacteristic or would anybody be overly surprised if she caught Shevchenko in something on the ground and subbed her? I mean, I could see it happening. So um, uh, she's going to be a punt. I think she'll be pretty popular as a punt, but uh, Shevchenko for the win. Yeah, that, that's going to make Cash even uh, even more similar, uh, you know, right. with, among people because she is going to be a popular punt for somebody that can give you a little bit of volume. Uh, Chris, where are you falling on this one? Yeah, this is interesting uh, for me. Well, all, for all the reasons you guys said. Uh, another thing that I see here is that um, we've seen Antonina be really accepting of the clinch because she likes to work her her you know her plum clinch. Um, and I think that getting Roxy connected uh, to her is probably going to be the worst thing that she can do. Um, she's oh. gonna she's gonna invite some of those takedowns now. I think it's interesting that, um, and I think you guys are right when you say that um, Roxy is going to be is going to be highly owned at that price. Now that could that could actually lend some scarcity in the other direction, if if you wanted to pay up, and if you wanted to pay up, you know, I, I see some merit in it. You know, I, I I get that Roxy's really tough; she doesn't really get finished, but I, I also get that she's just going to sort of wade into the pocket with you know. Strikes that don't hurt anybody, and that's that's her major problem on the feet. Is even when she's having success, um, she can't hurt you, and so the opponent comes back with something much harder. And um, that was basically the story of her fight with um, Sajara Eubanks. But um, I I, I kind of just I kind of just see so I can see the arguments from both sides. I could see um, I could see Antonina getting um, too attached to her 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 clinch work and getting taken down. And that could obviously yield some points, but I could also see Roxy um, standing uh, too much as she tends to like to do. She tends to like to work her striking, even though you know it's it's not really what she should be focused on. 
And, you know, that's that's the danger zone, especially if she's going to be out in kicking range. I mean, yeah, she, she doesn't get finished a lot, but um, she also doesn't get head kicked by what Antonia could do to her a lot either. So I, I, I think that a, a finish from either isn't out of the question here, which makes this a pretty live fight on both sides. I, I, I agree with having Roxy as the punt, but I also agree she's going to be popular. So if you want to do like a contrarian pay up, I think this is a decent spot for it. Agreed there. Yeah. It's, you know, 9,300 is a pretty big pill to swallow on this card with, uh, out to, there's not too many dogs that are down at like the seven, seven, one, uh, range that are easy to, to swallow. Uh, so, but yeah, I'll, I'll take, uh, Shevchenko and, and as, uh, Dan Levy mentioned on his pod, uh, she's not on this card to, to take an L, uh, she, she's here for a W. So next fight was the canceled fight between Sturkov and Clark. So we're moving on to Sergei Pavlovich. 9,200, taking on Marcelo Gom, 7K even. Uh, Pavlovich, minus 240. Gom, plus 220. Uh, both of these guys uh, coming off of losses. Gom is, is fighting for his UFC life. He has not looked very good inside the octagon. Pavlovich was uh, an up-and-comer, but uh, made a debut against Overeem, which is a weird guy to debut against, uh, and and just got uh, his butt handed to him. Um Chris, who are you backing in out of uh, our second heavyweight fight of the card? Marcelo Gome as a prospect coming up. Um, you know, he destroyed uh, Joaquin Christensen, but, you know, most people do. So, um, no, Christian Colombo. Oh, Christian Colombo. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. Joaquin Christensen somebody else. But um, I, I think that, um, you know, he's really been done a disservice or his style has. By his last two fight, uh, his last two fights, which were um, Arjun Buller and uh, Tim Johnson, before he skipped over to Bellator, because those are guys that they, that are that are grinders up against the fence uh, wrestlers. Uh, Johnson in particular is a grinder up against the fence. Um, Arjun Buller is more of a takedown guy, but um, either way, it was tough for um, Gom to get his own striking and, and wrestling game working. Um, we we know he's got a good um, BJJ top game, and you know. I sort of like his striking. He can work behind a jab a little bit. He's got really nice leg kicks. He can throw in combinations. So I think he's a pretty put-together striker, and I think he's got a pretty good uh, BJJ game. And, um, you know, as we say we're looking for dogs, and, um, you know, at, at this price, I, I really think, like, I, I commented um, when, we, when we were doing the um, – we are doing the um, – the, the, um, I can't talk. The uh, preview for the opponent debut here against Overeem that, um, and I think it still stands. I think we saw a lot of it in that fight where he basically just tries to pressure, plant, and um, throw big shots until you fall down. But I do think he's going to be more susceptible to wrestling than, you know, uh, Gomes' last two opponents. And I like that about it here. I do think the pressure might be able to get to him, but I don't think he's going to be able to, like, wall install and impose his will as uh, as readily as those guys so i like going here as so as sort of uh a dog if we're looking for him i think he's got a, he's got a nice skill set overall he's he's toolsy as as i like to say taking from the uh the baseball parlance there and um you know i i, I just think he's a good shot here especially uh, we just saw what um overing did to him when he was on his back so you know all things considered i think seven thousand is a good price and i'm taking a few shots on Golm here it's hard to dislike any heavyweight at 7K. Uh, Joe, we've got another Brazilian coming to Russia. Uh, is he here just to get the, the Russian back in the win column? 
Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't disagree more with Chris. I mean, first of all, Pavlovich did not debut against against uh, Alistair Overeem. He debuted against Alistair Overeem as a minus one thirty favorite. Um, there has been a sizable investment made by the UFC in this guy. He was twenty and zero coming into that fight. Master of Sambo. Um, I have to believe they're serving up Gom here on a silver platter to get Polovich back into the win column here. They could um, be, but that doesn't always work out. No, I get it. I understand that. Um, you know, I've seen stranger matchmaking. Um, but I have to believe that this is Polovich's fight to win. As with most heavyweight fights, it's probably a good fight to target. Um, you know, I, I will have shares of both guys, but if you're asking me to pick a winner, um, I'm going to pick Pavlovich. How heavy on Pavlovich will you be, Joe? Um, he's not going to be one of my top tier favorite guys. I mean, there are other people I like at his price point. Well, again, you know, there's not much room to maneuver now with only 11 fights. Um, so he's not going to be one of my primary guys, but um, I do like him. I mean, again, I'm bad at ownership. So, like, what do you think ownership's going to be on, on Pavlovich? Uh... 30%? Okay, I was going to say 30%. Oh, wow, really? See, I don't see it that high. I see, I will be at that or under. Yeah, I certainly mm -hmm. won't be over. Yeah, I mean, my concern with Pavlovich is uh, when he got in there with Overeem and he couldn't just bully uh, his opponent, he, he looked confused and, and didn't know where to go. Um, Golm is, is definitely not Overeem. He may not uh, present quite the challenge. Uh, but I do have some concern for, for a guy that, that kind of, uh, you know, has probably come up and, and been the better fighter every single time he's gotten into the cage. But, yep. yeah. yeah I'm, you I'm know, I, just, I, and, and I said this during the last review, too. I, some of these M1 global guys that come in here with these 18-1, and 19-0 records, I, I, don't, I don't really like the, look of, the looks of them. I mean, this guy looks all right, but like you said, it looks like he's basically bullied everyone he's ever fought. Uh, guys like Alexei Konchenko, who came in here, uh, I believe, 18-0, hasn't looked that great. So I, I question sort of the caliber of their, their like, uh, you know, unbeatable fighters. I think when they get here, they tend to look a lot more human, and I'm kind of expecting that uh, here as well. All right. We're on to the co-main. Islam Makachev, 9,400, taking on Armen Sarukian, 6,800. Uh, Makachev minus 290, Sarukian plus 260. Joe, uh, explain to me why Sarukian is debuting in a co-main uh, against Islam Makachev. It's really weird. Unless, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously there's some narrative around Islam Makachev. I mean, I don't know if he could get a visa now to fight in the U.S., um, you know, which is going to be interesting. He's going to means he's going to fight once every two years. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I mean, obviously, Khabib's right-hand man cooks all his meals. Um, you know, I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know why. I, I've, heard, I've heard very, very good things about, um, you know, his opponent um, against, um, uh, you know, why they're, they're throwing this guy up against Maklachev. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, it seems like they're trying to get Maklashev a win. This this is another one that could backfire because this guy is actually pretty good. Um, I think it's worth right, having like a share. If they were trying to get Makachev a win, there, there's better fighters to do it against. I guess, but I mean, you know, like putting him on a co-main, um, throwing him up against someone fairly acclaimed, but 
who yeah. he's just a little bit better at everywhere. Like mm-hmm. he's a better grappler, he's a better wrestler, he's a better striker, but like not by a lot, you know, which is is look, I would I would like to see this obviously his opponent debut against somebody else. Um, I guess they just didn't want to feed him a total fish. Um, but it's interesting. I, I like Maklashev. I mean, he's been really good on DraftKings, I have to say. I mean, you know, if you look at his point totals, um, let me just – under 100. Yeah, let's just yeah, – exactly. I mean, I was just going to pull him up. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look at his last three fights, 105, 102, 113. Um, God, only 87 against Chris Wade. Um, of course, when he, of course he lost to Adrian Martins. He only got two points, but he got one ten against Kuntz. So I mean, you know, this guy is is really got quite the average. You know, um, going to be popular in cash, going to be popular in GPPs. Um, I'd say, you know, look if you want to take a flyer um, on uh, Taz, I I don't even want to try to pronounce Sound it. it yeah. out. Sound it out. You got it. Um, if you want to take a flyer on him and GPPs. You know, why not? Um, I cer- certainly would not, um, you know, touch it in cash. One other thing to note is I believe, let me just double check this real quick. I believe he is fighting out of Armenia, I think, um, where obviously Islam Maklachev is a, uh, you know, is definitely a Dagestani product. Um you know, there are different, definitely differences for those people that don't realize, uh, you know, Russia is made up of many, uh, or the Soviet, former Soviet Union was made up of many different um, countries. Um, you know, so it, it's like to say these guys are both Russian is not exactly right. Um, 13 and 1. Yeah, I'm going to take a flyer with them in GPPs. Um, I wouldn't play them in cash, but I, I got to like, and and I got to like Maklashev here. There were some really interesting large money bets coming down on Sarukian uh, earlier uh, this week. It's a little worrisome. <laughs> which is, you know, it's just this whole thing is fishy to me. Debuting in the co-main, uh, weird betting. I, I might just write the whole thing off, being that Makachev's expensive, but he should win. Uh, where are you at, Chris? Well, now that um, you've forced me to get my tinfoil hat on for 6800 <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, yeah, I, I mean, my problem with Sarukian is he's one of these dudes that every, every every part of his offense is like spinning back kick, spinning back fist. Uh, it's it's all like switch kick. It's all it's all these big explosive movements. And um, you know, I I don't like a guy who I who I don't consider to have a consistent offensive game. And I don't really think he does. I think he's a guy who kind of just hits the shot and and says, "Look what I found on the feet." But having said that. He is kind of a power wrestler. That's interesting. Having said that, Islam Makhachev, I believe, has never been taken down in the UFC. Um, so, so there is that to consider. And Islam Makhachev, in, in in most of the fights he wins, I mean, Joe, you were reading out some of those scores, but some of them are he either lost because he got knocked out, or he or he got or he knocked somebody out, so he didn't you know didn't have to take them down. And then there was the fight with um, Gleason Tebow, who you know uh, nobody takes down. But um, I, I think I think Makachev is probably going to be able to out-physical um, him. That's just a guess, uh, just watch, seeing the two guys fight. But I, I think I'm probably correct. I think that Makachev is um, going to be able to work his pressure game really well here. I think he's going to be able to back the opponent up. Um, and I, I think he's going to be able to get his takedown game going, which could um, – 
you know, which could which could lead to points. As I said, he's got a lot of fights in there with multiple takedowns. Um, you know, at the power wrestling on the other side is interesting for 6,800. Maybe he'll be the first guy to take Makachev down. I mean, aside from aside from Nick Lenz, nobody's really tried. And Nick Lenz, I mean, he's a willing wrestler, but I wouldn't call him, you know, a, a great one for MMA purposes. So, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, for 6,800, I could definitely see I could definitely see the play. I mean, he could either catch him with something wild, or you know, he could just run some double legs through him. But otherwise, I think Magachev has to be um, has to be the safety valve here. The upside might be a little, uh, you know, scarce, but I, I do think he'll win the fight. Does it make any sense to either of you guys with Sarukian, you know, hundred dollars less than Roxy Mataferi for your cash punt? Um, not really. No, no volume. I, I, I don't I mean, see I mean, it. That's a, that's a good point, but I, um, you know. I, I actually, I actually think, I actually think Mataferi has a clearer path to victory here. I, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know that she does win, but I, I, I can see that a lot more readily. Where you have, you know, like, a, like a new fighter, basically new to MMA, um, against a, against a tough out who is gonna, who's gonna be in her face the whole time, looking for takedowns. Uh, like Sarukian could do certain things, but I don't think they're so likely. So, you know, I, I think I'd still like uh, Roxy out of the two of them. All right. On to the main event. Alistair Overeem, 8,900. Alexi Olenek, 7,300. Minus 235 on Overeem. The comeback on Olenek, plus 215. Uh, Olenek stepping in here for uh, Volkov uh, on, on a little bit of notice. Uh, Chris, who are you taking in, in our third heavyweight fight of the card? Well, Mike, I, I, I mean, I don't know how how – Intent, intently or ardently, you listen to the show. But um, if you have um, caught it when we when we um, do Alexio Linux fights, you will know that Alexio Linux is one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. So um, if you're expecting me to pick against him, uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be disappointed. I think um, I, I I will not be picking against him. Actually, I did pick against him for uh, Curtis Blade. So sometimes sometimes it's so overwhelming that um, you know the rationality just has to take over. But in this case, um, I think you can actually make a decent case for Olenek. I think that, um, look, I, I've said this before about Overeem. There aren't a lot of fighters. Like, I, 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 kind, I tend to think that um, the bad chin uh, moniker that a lot of fighters get are overblown. I, I actually don't think as many fighters have bad chins as a lot of people. Everybody has a bad chin against Ngano. Well, that's true. Yeah, of course. Um, and that, that's my other favorite thing when somebody like like Corey Anderson took that head kick from OSP and they were like, see the chin. And it's like, dude, who wouldn't get knocked out by that? But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. So there are definitely those guys who, you know, chins don't matter. But I, I say that to say that um, Overeem is actually one of the few guys in in the division or in the uh, UFC, I should say, whom, whose chin I am worried about. And um I would actually say he fights like he has a bad chin. And what I mean by that is that you can tell he's very, um, these days he's very uh, worried about getting hit. And every time he does get hit, I kind of cringe a little bit um, because it doesn't look like he takes that damage well. Now, in his last fight that we were just talking about, he actually came forward a little bit more than, than we'd seen in recent fights, which, um, which surprised me and um, is interesting. I mean, if he comes forward against Olenek, I think you – uh, said it before, Mike, that Olenek is hittable. Um, there's no denying that. But, um, you know, Olenek is a wrestler who's going to try to take him down. And um, that being the case, we could see the style that, that Overeem um, used a, uh, a few fights before that in a row, which was 
you know, hands down sort of stalking and, and looking to land big shots from the outside. And if he does that, I think that um, Olenek is going to have a pretty decent window to get in there and look for his takedowns. Uh, against Curtis Blades, he had basically just relegated himself to landing knees on the way in, which could be great if they work, but if not, you've basically just given up a takedown. And um, I think that he actually hit Curtis Blades with one of those knees and still couldn't finish him, which is um, is either a testament to Blades' chin or or um, uh, overreach power at this point or both. But um, I, I, I think that a, a, guy, a guy like Olenek um, – I actually think he's made some subtle striking improvements since he first came in, which is not something you usually say about like a mid thirties, early forties heavyweight. But, um, you know, I, I like, um, you know, his work in the clinch. He does a lot of body work in the clinch, uh, which I really like. He, um, he's got a deceptively long reach, um, for how tall he is. I think he's got an 80 inch reach. So, um, he clips a lot of guys with those, with those, um, winging hooks that maybe they wouldn't expect. And he's got some power and, uh, you know, if he touches the overing chin with one, I think it's going to blow up like a Ford Pinto. So um, I, I, for that reason, I like Olenek. I also like the takedown upside. I, I, I know that um, Overeem could hit him with something and change the course of the fight, of course. But we also know how tough Olenek is. He took that huge overhand right from Mark Hunt and then gave him a thumbs up, which was one of my favorite moments of the year. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Olenek here. Um, look, I... Uh, uh, full disclosure, um, I'm a huge uh, homer for the guy, and I, I, I won't, uh, I won't ever deny that. But I also think there's some decent windows here. I think um, there are some th things that you have to be worried about with Overeem, and I think that uh, Olenek can exploit them. So Olenek is the fit. Wow, hey, Joe, where are you going on this one? Well, first of all, I didn't realize that Pintos had a spontaneous combustion problem. So I you never heard about that. Like in I the seventies, I appreciate Chris pointing that out um no yeah i am uh look uh, i i love olenic as well it's uh you know when he wins it doesn't surprise me i mean the fact that he's finished two guys from the bottom you know either is indicative of his strength or the piss poor fight iq of pesta and baby albini um you know mark hunt is notoriously bad at defending takedowns um, Overeem is much better at defending takedowns. I I'd like to think that, you know, Overeem will be able to keep him at distance, pound away. Like, there's no way this fight is going five rounds, which is one thing that I'm, you know, quite certain of. Um, you know, on this entire card, if you said, uh, you know, give me your your most likely outcome, and my most likely outcome is that this fight doesn't go five rounds. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, doesn't have that tank. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick Overeem here. Yeah, I mean, look, Olenek does have a bear trap. You don't rack up Ezekiel chokes uh, nope. in the UFC without it. Um, but, you know, he's just he's just so easy to hit uh, is why I can't pick him here. Uh, Overeem is, is generally patient, sometimes to a fault, but uh, Olenek I don't think has the striking to really get him in danger. Sure, he could connect. He does wing shots, um, and, and he just keeps coming. You know, you, you hurt him and you hurt him, and he keeps coming, but – Every time we've seen him, Olenek, that is, he, he gets hurt a little bit faster and, and he's a little bit slower after after taking some punishment. Uh, you know, he's getting bloodied up right away. There's so much scar tissue on the face at this point. Uh, that sometimes plays with the judges. I don't think it'll get to a decision. I'm there with you, Joe, but, you know, it's nice to have that in your back pocket. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take Overeem as well. Uh, and I like him at 8900 I think that's a nice price. 
Doubters everywhere. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll prove you wrong. It, it would be fun to see. You know, the, the one thing about uh, uh, Overeem, uh, he's got decent jiu-jitsu, but he seems like a guy who's learned one or two moves. Like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll grab a leg, he'll, he'll lock in a heel hook and use it for a sweep. Um, but when he did that against Blades, uh, yeah. Blades just kind of, you know, rode him and, and stayed balanced. And then Overeem didn't have a second move. It was just, okay, why why didn't I get up? You know, this guy's still well, up. Well, remember, we, remember uh, early, I think it was in, in Strike Force, or it was either Strike Force or Pride, where, you know, he, he got that string of guillotines and everybody was, everybody, that was like the myth for a while. Always, maybe not the myth, but that was the narrative that, oh, he's got a great guillotine. And then he tried one on Curtis Blades. And then Blade just popped his head right out. Yeah, and the one, right out. The one against Stipe doesn't work. The, I think I felt the tap against that didn't work either. So it's like, well, just how good? I mean, have those skills completely eroded or have people gotten better or, you know, what's really going on there? So, you know, if, if, it, if it gets to the ground, you know, I, I think I think we could at least agree, I hope, that it's probably a Linux fight. Yeah, Reem is in trouble if it's if there's not under 30 seconds left and that fight gets to the ground. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that, that Blades did against Overeem was, uh, you know, he just kept coming and he kept working. And, and Overeem, you know, through the second round, really started to tire. Um, and, and that's when it got to the ground in the third round. He didn't have the tank to defend, and, and Blades cut him up. Um, not that I think Olenek's going to do that, but uh, it, it should be a pretty good heavyweight bout, a, a nice a nice main event here. Uh, you guys ready to do some hot takes? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you my hot take. Uh, I've been thinking about this for a while, and uh... – it's not without some risk, but I'm going to uh, play Roxanne Montefiore by submission. All right, I can dig that. Yeah. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna go um, two submissions on this card. I, I think that um, Joe kind of—I won't say he took the easy route, but you know, I think that a lot of people are sort of banking on Montefiore for that. But we won't we won't rake him over the coals too much. However, my submission pick I think is a little bit harder. Because I'm going Mar Mar uh, Marcelo Gome by submission. Wow. Okay. That would be a shocker. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, for my submission, huh? Go ahead, Chris. No, I was, I was just going to say, I, I, I like him hot. So there you go. Yeah. My submission hot take would be Alex De Silva by submission. Oh, uh, there you go. After yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. And then uh, I'll throw one more at you. Uh, Amadowski wins uh, by knockout in the first minute. <laughs> well, if it does happen, I think that's how it's going to go. So. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's either that or uh, he's toast. <laughs> right, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Chad. I don't see any. Come on, somebody somebody throw one up there. Let's where's, go. John, where's John Church? Man? I know. Where's Automatic? Our, our, our regulars are lagging behind. Yeah. No, no, give me something. Come on. I know you're here. Uh, we can vamp for these guys. Uh, ten. <laughs> I'm going to count to three. Hot take at least one fighter gets banned for fixing by the end of the year. That's, nice. that's, a, that's a rolling hot take. We can keep that, yeah. we can keep that in the uh, memory bank for you if you want. Yeah, not in Russia. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not getting caught in Russia. No, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. All right, guys. We're going to close them down, uh, you know. That's going once, going twice. All right, all right you missed your chance. Oh, Next well. week, Brazil, baby. Right, got got Vince saying somebody gets popped for PEDs. Uh, well, the the guy the guy who was most likely for that just yeah. got taken off the card. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think somebody uh, had commented that he saw Usada at the weigh-ins and and, and got sick. Yeah. I <laughs>
That's a good one. I like um, it. I like it. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, he, he's a Hulk of a man. Huh? <laughs> Hence the nickname. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, thanks to Sean for letting me sit in his chair. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks to RotoWire, awesome. the sponsor of the podcast. Uh, um, you guys have any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to say, uh, Mike, thanks so much for doing this. We got you on uh, crazy short notice, and uh, my directions were a little bit jumbled at times, but uh, you followed through perfectly. You did a great job, and thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, ditto, ditto from me, Mike. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, you know, we'll we'll do this again sometime. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, Sean uh, has these maladies a lot, so uh, I'm just giving you a hard time, Sean. Um, you know, in any case, uh, let's, uh, let's be careful with this card. Um, we're down to 11 fights. Um, there is still money to be made, um, bet with your head and not over it. And I I just gotta say, uh, VB says Nakamura by sub. So we did get a hot take in there. There you go. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's fairly hot. Cause I, I don't think he's got a great shot at it. Well, I mean, when, when was the last sub I think was three years ago and before that, who knows? So, yep. We'll take it. All right, guys. Good luck this this weekend. Remember, uh, the lock is at 10 a.m. tomorrow. It's very yep. early. And uh, start working on finishing my lineups up now. That's right. Yep. All right, Chris, play us out. All yes. right, uh, guys. That's going to be it for us. Um, tune in next week and every week. We appreciate it. Hit the hit the like button. Uh, subscribe to the RotoWire channel if you haven't already. And uh, I'll be up nice and early with a cup of coffee for the fights. Eben, Gleben, Globen, Globen. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.